Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of Knowing Wheel, episode 117 of your favourite Formula 1 show. And as always, I am joined by a man who's very, very happy this week because Leeds have been relegated out of the Premier League. It's Jamie183. <laughs> I didn't know now, where you were going with that. <laughs> can you explain to me why you're so happy that Leeds are out? Uh, just because one, uh, one of my close friends was at the game and was... Very sad, which brings me quite a lot of happiness. So, <laughs> so you'd strive off friends' sadness. Yeah, and, and Leeds are trash, so getting back in the championship. And remind me again who you support? Barnet. Panorama National go. League, we move. Oh, is, is Forest Green in that league, or are we no, still no, one you're, above you're you? like two, two, one or two leagues above, I think. You're I think we're in, one now. Only one, yeah. Yeah, only one for well, Actually, let's go on to some Formula 1, because... That's yeah, let's talk about Formula 1, because <laughs> my ball knowledge is incredibly lacking. However... I did speak to Burnley FC this week, Jamie. I don't know if you saw that tweet. Oh, I did. I saw the yeah. yeah. They replied to you on TikTok, didn't they? We're gonna be wow. we're gonna be working on a collab very soon. Myself get beard and Burnley. up top. <laughs> yep, get beard up top. Exactly, exactly. But anyway, we're back this weekend. Of course, after the Imola uh, GP cancellation, we return to the jewel in the Formula One crown, the one that every driver wants to win. Jamie, you got so many cliches. It's the Monaco Grand Prix. What were our thoughts, feelings, expectations going into it? I never try and get my hopes up too much for Monaco because, like, there's been plenty of races there that are quite dead. But qualifying is always really special. And, yeah, I do like Monaco. I want it to stay. And I don't get this whole get rid of it thing because, you know, we've basically got so many street tracks now that Monaco only feels, still feels like the only proper one, in my opinion. Maybe Singapore. But... Yeah, I'm glad we have it. And uh, yeah, I was excited for the race, actually. It was It's weird, isn't it, with Monaco? Because 11 months of the year, I say to people, we need it in Formula 1. Uh, and with a little bit of foreshadowing, the first 40 laps of the Grand Prix this weekend, I felt like such a mug for constantly going on <laughs> that we still need this track. But it is so much more than a race, isn't it, Monaco? Yeah, I can see why new fans hate it and don't understand the appeal, but the history behind it and everything like that is still what makes it special, rather than any on-track action, which, of course, we were actually lucky enough to get this weekend, which I think was a saving grace. Yeah, yeah. We probably had more overtakes than Baku, I reckon. Easily, yeah. easily. Which is quite surprising, since Baku's got a, what, one and a half kilometre straight. A straight almost as long as the entire Monaco circuit. Yeah. <laughs> or a flat-out yeah. zone, anyway. Yeah, and uh, the drivers love Monaco. The The qualifying session there is so intense because you're literally scraping walls, quite quite literally, in Verstappen's case, on Saturday. but um, And many cases on, on Friday on Friday practice, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and it's just, the drivers love it. And I think it's such a spectacle. Like, uh, I had it on briefly while i was at work yesterday the race and people were just walking past me like oh is that monaco who don't know anything about f1 yeah so just yeah. that that kind of iconography is good yeah very i mean it's just a different race still isn't it and of course you know we're getting a bit frustrated with how many street tracks there are now coming into formula one um but monaco is still very very different to any of those other races isn't it yeah. uh, which i think is still a good thing but of course coming into the weekend you know we did do our monaco preview show uh, i was actually very very surprised jamie i don't know if you were as well of course the big talk again hasn't it over the last couple of weeks just been you know will we see this hamilton move to ferrari 
And it just felt like it got completely pushed under the rug this weekend, didn't it? A little bit. Although there was some major, like, people actually talking more openly that it's like an unkept, like it's one of the worst kept secrets, sorry. But after Thursday, it kind of just went away almost. Mm. But yeah, I think there was articles saying that Ferrari's preferred lineup is Leclerc and Hamilton next season, which would be quite interesting. Because I would like, I would actually really like to see Hamilton go up against Leclerc. Um, but yeah, that's obviously bad news for science if it does happen, and it's bad news for Mercedes, arguably. Because I don't know who would go there. Maybe Norris. That'd be quite cool. I think they'd bring in Norris. Surely, if they were going to, I don't think they'd want science. No, definitely um, particularly. not. Particularly, um, but yeah, it'd be very, very weird because. Leclerc and Hamilton, of course, because you know, again, you've still got that advantage that you know Ferraris, your Red Bulls, your Mercedes have got in Formula One, where driver salaries aren't under the budget cap. So, of course, those big teams can still go out and pay the mega money for the drivers they want. But Leclerc and Hamilton, I mean, it would be a tale of two halves, wouldn't it, between those two? I mean, Hamilton mm. used to be the absolute qualifier of all qualifiers, but his focus has massively shifted in towards race pace now over the last few years. Yeah. And boy, has it worked for him. Um, yeah, definitely. But Leclerc, I, think, I feel like Leclerc could learn a lot from Hamilton because I feel like I see a lot of Leclerc in Hamilton from 10 years ago. More than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, Leclerc has never... Like, he obviously had Sebastian Vettel, but he immediately beat him, so... He's never really had that mentor figure. So maybe Hamilton would do him a lot of favours. But well, I think you you would yeah. say Leclerc has never had a teammate in Formula 1 better than him. Yeah. Yeah, because he... And people would say Vettel, but Vettel, by the time they were teammates, was getting... Vettel trapped. wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Vettel wasn't better than him. That was pretty much clear immediately. I mean, look at Bahrain that year. Bahrain, I think yeah. that says everything you <laughs> need to know. Um, I mean, the other big news, though, wasn't it? Or potential big news is, of course, we. I don't get how people are getting confused by the Sauber Alfa Romeo deal anymore. That's pretty obvious. That was always coming to an end at the end of it this already, year. Yeah, it has been. That, was coming, it, that got like, confirmed yeah. like in last winter. And then, obviously, it's going to be Sauber for 2024-2025. And then, obviously, Audi 2026. Um, but now, of course, it looks like Alfa Romeo could be going with Haas. Which yeah. is quite a weird one. Which will be weird, because if it's a title sponsorship, are we going to start calling them Alfa Romeo? Like we do for Alfa Romeo now? Yeah. Alfa Romeo Haas? Yeah, it just I'll... seems like Alfa Romeo's involvement in Formula 1 still just seems so odd and half-hearted. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit weird, but I guess they must get a lot of marketing revenue from it because otherwise they wouldn't bother carrying on. So, well, it's Ferrari, isn't it? Yeah, maybe that's, that's it. all it is. Yeah, very, very strange from Alfa Romeo. But of course, you know, it's it's that thing as well, isn't it? You know, it's completely ruined all of Alfa Romeo's ridiculous stats from the nineteen yeah. fifties. Yeah, you know, they had like a thirty percent win rate and all that kind of thing, and now it's in the bin. Yeah, um, because of course they've spent three years trundling around mid table. Well, um, lower now. Uh, you lower now, yeah, again, sadly. Uh, well, I mean, it's been lower pretty much every year apart from last year, to be honest. But Well, you know. Kimmy was good for half a season. <laughs> yeah, Kimmy was good for half a season. That's always how Kimmy works, isn't it? He's good for half a season here, there, yeah. and everywhere. <laughs> let's jump in, though, Jamie, with that free practice. Then. I mean, let's be fair. Monaco, free practice, mainly you're looking for who's going to crash. And it seemed like Sainz was going to be the one that spent a lot of the early weekend just hitting walls. Yes, and he did it 
on two occasions, was it, in Friday? Uh, uh, yeah, FP1 and FP2, obviously on the exit of the swimming pool chicane. Yeah, so not the best start for science, but it is a bit of a merchant at crashing on Friday, I feel. It feels like every week, it's just, oh, science has crashed again. Um, science does it on Friday, the club does it on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you had a few others as well. Hamilton making an uncharacteristic mistake at Mirabeau, um, finding a barrier with his new side pods on his Mercedes. Um Testing the crash integrity of him. Yeah. Good man. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't major damage, but it was enough to end his session on Friday, on Saturday morning. Um, but yeah, he was obviously able to get back out for qualifying, but it obviously wasn't the ideal preparation, let's put it that way. Um, and also Alex Alban managed to find a barrier. I can't remember which barrier. Um, but yeah. He did quite Williams. a lot of damage, to be fair. Oh, he did, didn't he? he? Did quite a bit of damage. Yeah, in FP1. Yes, yeah. Yeah quite a lot of damage to that Williams um, but of course you know the big thing as well wasn't it going into the weekend was you know Mercedes new car everything like this uh, except for the fact obviously it's Monaco so you, yeah. you, nothing really makes sense here so we, we have no idea still whether that Merc is a lot better any better I mean if you told Mercedes at the start of the weekend their new upgrades meant they'd be fighting with an Alpine yeah. come the end of the weekend it's Losing probably not Alpine. a good sign um, but yeah I mean we'll talk about that a little bit later on because Ocon Fair play to him was rapid uh, throughout most of Saturday and then through small portions of Sunday. Um, <laughs> but of course, everyone knows, you know, Monaco. It's all about Saturday, isn't it, Jamie? And you know, we've we've been trying desperately to believe, you know, Perez. He's got a lot of street tracks at the start of the year. Could he fight Max for the title? And I think this weekend, you know, without being too melodramatic, uh, we we can say that fight is probably now over. I think it's yes. harsh but fair. I think it was over after race one, to be honest. But well, sensibly, <laughs> but Perez did win a couple more times. Let's he not did. forget. He did. But uh, and you called him to win this race as well, if I remind you. I might have. Yeah, <laughs> I apologise to every Formula One fan out there. It was my fault that the target fight is over. Yes, and the last thing you want to do in Monaco, in qualifying, is crash before you set a lap time, um, because. Yeah, that's exactly what Perez did. And it means you're going to start last at the track, which is the hardest to overtake on the whole calendar in the fastest car. And that's exactly what Perez did. Completely ridiculous mistake, really. Just took way too much speed into turn one and destroyed his entire left side. So that was that for Perez's qualifying. Before... But he basically did what he did at Australia, didn't he? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was so weird, but... I guess that's what happens when you've put too much pressure on yourself to win, <laughs> win all the street races. I mean, I mean, there's still all these talks, isn't it, that Red Bull, or at least for Perez anyway, is still really struggling with the anti-dive and anti-pitch setup they've got on the car. Apparently, it makes it work incredibly well, but Red Bull's still greatest weakness at the moment is tire warming by their own admission. Um, so yeah, Perez seems to be getting caught out by that but i mean again you know we we saw obviously perez make those mistakes in albert park max of course actually did the same in the race luckily of course the car's so much faster than everything else <laughs> on the circuit that it makes no difference um but you know red bull aren't impossible to beat still they the car isn't perfect for the drivers uh, a car that you definitely can't say that for, though, is Haas. They were just woeful, weren't they, in qualifying? Yeah, and they they messed up strategy a lot because after the red flag, you still just about had time for three runs, but that would obviously use an extra set um, of tyres. So Haas elected to go for just two runs, like 
what they initially had planned they didn't really adapt to the red flag which meant that both drivers just didn't really have the prep or the get like enough laps to get their lap in and they weren't out right at the end either so it was tough for both Haas cars but uh yeah really disappointing 150th race of the Haas as well this weekend which yeah seems like quite a lot feels like they've only just got here but there we go <laughs> i wouldn't say it does anymore it's weird Haas have kind of embedded themselves now i think it's because so many teams have had a rebrand around them yeah i suppose now they've been it, consistent it kind of feels since 20, normal. 2016 yeah. Um, but yeah, they were joined by obviously Perez, Zhou Guanyu, and Logan Sargent out in Q1. I feel like Sargent was a bit unlucky again not to make it into Q2 there. But P16, you know, it's always going to be a tough weekend, isn't it, for Williams, I think, sensibly. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously we head into two, uh, into Q2, and our f- well, obviously Perez binned it in Q1, but Lando Norris was the first driver to hit the wall and actually get away with it. Uh, hit the wall twice, actually, in two corners, which was yeah. not great. I didn't actually watch qualifying live. How on earth did they fix that car in time for Q3? Uh, because he hit it pretty square in both instances. So the the hit and the exit of the Novel chicane seemed heavy. And I feel like that was yeah. what caused the understeer into the corner after yeah. the back. Yeah. I was um, so confused I... and so surprised to see that he went out in Q3 after that. I think, to be honest, looking at it, and again, obviously I'm no engineer, um, but I think it was because he hit the wall completely square, and of course the way the car's angled against the wall, obviously he was going away from it anyway, it allowed the car to ricochet away a bit, and of course therefore didn't put too much pressure inwards into the suspension, it kind of pushed the car away from it. Which obviously meant he did do some damage, but not as badly as it could have been. And then obviously hit the ball through to back as well. Uh, but hit that completely square. Yeah. So got away. I mean, yeah, he was just very, very lucky, I think, at the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> um, but that then meant, though, despite that, somehow Lando made it into Q3. So for the second weekend in the last three races, wasn't it? Uh, luckily, of course, he did manage to get out in Q3, but only time to do one run. Uh, meant that Lando has issues in qualifying, but still knocks Piastri out. Because, yeah. of course, he did that in Baku as well. Yeah, which uh, was a shame for Piastri, but McLaren looked a little better. He looks definitely comfortably in the midfield, which is not always can be said of them this season. But, yeah, Piastri was P11 with De Vries, actually creditable performance, which is a good time to do that when you're under a lot of pressure. Uh, without I should have done it five races ago, but there we are. Yeah, Albon in thirteenth, uh, Stroll uh, was fourteenth, which is interesting. But I think he picked up some damage. I'm going to defend Stroll on this occasion because I know Matt. Don't is start gonna... defending Stroll. <laughs> He's absolutely. I mean, he should be up there in the debate with Nick DeFries. I reckon. Yeah, for it's bad drivers team, this year. So exactly, it's so <laughs> infuriating. Like, I cannot stress enough, and I know I've said this a couple of times before on this show, but imagine. Stroll. I mean, Stroll wouldn't be an Aston Martin if his dad didn't own the team. You can't argue against it, no, can you, wouldn't. Jamie? No. And it's weekends like this weekend that remind you why Lance Stroll isn't going to be ever a Formula 1. Like, you can give him the fastest car in the world, but you put him up against any semi-respectable teammate, he's going to get rinsed. And it's weekends like this that remind you why Stroll is not world champion material. Yeah. Um... Imagine you have Lando in that car. Like, Aston Martin, I know we said this actually when we were talking pre-show. If you put Lando Norris in that Aston Martin, P2 would be locked, sealed, and signed for them yeah. this year. Unless, of course, the Mercedes B-spec car is absolutely nuts. Like, he would be yeah. up there. And maybe, maybe I'm going perhaps slightly too far with it, but I'd say he'd be beating Alonso quite Norris. regularly. Yeah. 
No, not this. Oh, Norris, Norris. <laughs> uh, yes, you can claim British bias and all that, but I do think Norris is a properly good talent. The same with Oscar Piastri, to be fair. A really good talent. I, just, I, I think, think he would is absolutely at such a high level this season. That I don't think many people would beat him at all. No, I um, think they would. But Hamilton managed to as a rookie. I was defending. Oh, shut up! I was defending Stroll <laughs> temporarily before I got interrupted because he did pick up some damage from Norris's debris, and which damaged the floor, which meant lost massive amounts of pace in Q2, which resulted in the P14 qualifying, which then obviously ruins your race at Monaco. Um, with Bottas out in 15th place, the Alfa Romeo just is trash. Please improve it. <laughs> Plus make good. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway then, Jamie, of course, the probably you'd say up there for the 12 minutes of Formula 1 you want to watch every year, isn't it? Q3 from Monaco and... Someone who'd been, to be honest for me, gone completely under the radar all the way up into Q3. Esteban Ocon. Yeah. I don't like the guy, but fair play. He, he was, was nuts. He was doing great. And, uh, yeah, was like it was kind of just a constant like flurry of laps. Uh, because obviously got what most people have got two or three new sets to use. So... And it's such a short lap in Monaco, you can do three runs. So everyone was always just improving and improving. So you kind of had Verstappen was the first to cross the line. And you had Leclerc beat him. I think Sainz beat him. Uh, Alonso then was on pole temporarily. And then early, well, fairly late on in Q2, it was in Q1, Q3, sorry, get my words up. Um, Ocon went onto pole position by about a tenth of a second. And uh, at this nowhere. point, Verstappen's in fifth. It was Ocon and Alonso on the front row. And it's like, wow, okay. Like, I bet Alpine were getting quite excited. Uh, he was toppled by a great lap from Fernando Alonso uh, quite close to the end. But, yeah, Verstappen really had to pull it out. And uh, as the resident non-Verstappen fan, do you want to talk us through the last minute of Q3? I mean, what can we say? Verstappen starts his lap. Sector 1, he's down. Sector 2, he's down. Sector 3, you know. Not, not, not a fan of the guy, but you just can't compete with that, can you? All I'm going to say is, well done, Adrian Newey, for building a fantastic <laughs> car. Uh, but no, I mean, that Sector 3 was just... I mean, that Sector 3 was the Sector 3 he should have done in Jeddah a couple of years ago. Yeah. Put it those, was absolutely nuts. Put that lap together nuts. and it's the best lap of all time. Absolutely <laughs> nuts, that Sector 3. Yeah, um, it was incredible. And brushing the wall, I think, what, perfect. twice? No, three times. He brushed three. the wall on the way in... Oh, sorry, on the... Obviously, the exit of the Chicane on the left and the right. Sorry, the right and the left. Yeah. He then was ridiculously close on the exit of Rascas and hit and the wall out of the, the final line, corner. Yeah. Just <laughs> absolutely good, nuts. Such a Three tenths in 18 seconds is ridiculous. I do think Alonso was not the best Sector 3 of his weekend, but it Max, wasn't... the Red Bull was a quicker car in Sector 3 anyway. Yeah. Um... I mean, the, the Red Bull should have been a quicker car in every sector, to be fair. Um, but still, just, just, <laughs> Adrian we'll Newey put that. it on pole position, did he? Adrian Newey on pole position once again <laughs> here in Monaco. No, but yeah, well, I mean, amazing stuff. It from just Max. ruined the hype, though, didn't it? Because you were like, "What if we have Alonso and Ocon on the front row? Ferrari's locked in behind, and Max has actually got to work for this." <laughs> uh, and then he goes and does that anyway. Yeah, but it was a great lap from Max, and for someone who's not a qualifier, supposedly. Oh, he is. That was incredible. It's not. He's not an ultimate qualifier, but he is still a qualifier. I, I, you never say Max is a bad qualifier, would you? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, especially when he didn't lose to a teammate for like two years. <laughs> Pretty trash teammates, though. <laughs> well, I, I prefer not to speak. Um, but yeah, that left 
Max on pole position. Alonso had to settle for second place on the front row, which I'm sure a year ago he probably would have taken. Uh, <laughs> and then you had, well, Leclerc temporarily in third place before he got a three-place grid penalty for destroying Lando Norris in Q2. Um, Q3, blocking. wasn't it, I thought? Oh, it was a Q3, yeah. It was in Q3, Blocking yeah. in the tunnel, um, which all the Twitter fans were saying was the team's fault or science's fault for some reason. So... I don't get how they could blame Sites, but yeah. Ferrari were dog poo this weekend with letting... I mean, the amount of times in free practice and qualifying you saw Ferrari blocking another Ferrari. Yeah. How, how are they not getting this still? I don't get it. have been in the sport it. for 73 years. It's like, And they surely. don't know where both their cars are at the scene, like, in relation to each other. Let alone the other 18 of them. <laughs> it's so bizarre. So bizarre. I don't get it. Like... Yeah. yeah, so obviously Leclerc got shafted by that, found himself, well, Hamilton found himself on a Ferrari sandwich. Um, so there you go, Sainz had qualified place, the driver that might replace him. Yeah, so Ocon was raised to third place uh, with Sainz. Fourth. Five cars, five teams, top five. Yeah, pretty big stuff. Uh, and then you had basically their teammates, apart from Alonso and uh, Max's teammates, who are frauding it in Saturdays. But uh, yeah, that left... Gasly was P7, quite disappointed with that. Um, with Russell 8th, again, quite disappointed with that, I think. And then Sonoda qualifying ninth with Norris in 10th, who feel like kind of the, the drivers who are probably doing the best job out of the midfield teams right now. Oh, absolutely. <coughs> absolutely, I'd argue. Um, but then again, Norris shouldn't be in a midfield car. He should no. be in a front-running car, but there we are. Uh, but of course, that brings us, Jamie, to Sunday, race day. And I got a little bit excited, of course, before the tyre strategies were revealed because they spoke to Pirelli and Pirelli were like, we think the front runner is going to start on softs to cover off the medium runners behind at the start. And there was one car on softs and it was Zhou Guan Yu. How, how did they not know yeah. what's going to be happening? Yeah, I guess they thought the hards would have been too bad, but clearly not. And, Shocking. Uh, yeah. Shocking. <laughs> it, what Talk was the actual the start. Uh, had... It was... Max was on mediums. Max on mediums, Alonso on hards, Ock on a medium, Sykes on hards, Hamilton on mediums, I think. Mediums, uh, Leclerc on mediums, I think. I yeah. think they were the first two that were on the same compound, like yeah. next to each other. Yeah, so you had this mix up. It obviously ruined any of our hopes of Alonso jumping Verstappen at the start because the, the harder tyres don't give you that little boost of a couple of metres, but it's a difference, which makes all the difference at Monaco. So. I wasn't that nervous that Verstappen was going to keep the lead, and indeed he did uh, into turn one. Actually, Alonso was quite under pressure from Ocon, who had the, the softer tyres on. So, but to no avail, and I think the top 10 all stayed exactly how it was, um, yep. with Verstappen leading and immediately pulling away, as well with Alonso actually took him uh, took him with him. And Ocon was kind of the, the blockade, which, uh, yeah, kind of strung out the field into a two-horse race at the front and then an 18-horse race behind. So yeah, yeah, uh, but there was a bit of action in the midfield with uh, Nico Hulkenberg, the absolute baller, just deciding that he'd gain three places cleanly in turn one, and then try and gain a fourth place by just absolutely bulldozing everyone into Mirabeau, which was quite funny. <laughs> but not not the best not the best way to uh, start your Monaco Grand Prix just by like shunting uh, Logan Sargent out of the way, and then also getting damage on Stroll, which was a bit unfortunate for Stroll. Um, but then Stroll also didn't do himself any favours one corner later by driving into a gap that was never even there on Albon, uh, on the outside of the hairpin, 
and giving himself even more severe damage. So, yeah, a bit messy in the midfield. And a lot of, I think, four drivers uh, pit at the end of lap one to uh, either get damage fixed or, in Perez's case, just a roll of the dice on strategy. And about 10 laps later, all four or three of those drivers, sorry, had caught the back of the pack because the it Williams were Checo going so six slow. laps. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone was saying, oh, look at this pace. He's going to be like right with the leaders. But obviously, as soon as you catch the back of the pack, you're going then six seconds slower than Verstappen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hulkenberg was absolutely just going for it at the start. Yeah. Strolled again. I, I'm I'm putting him well and truly on fraud watch, Jamie. Um, <laughs> because uh, Yes, he did get absolutely shunted by Nico Hulkenberg out of the way. Uh, and then I don't know what he was trying to do on Albon. Uh, and just... Yeah. And then, obviously, on the exit of the corner as well, in lower Mirabeau, still just trying to get the nose down the inside of Albon, when he quite clearly, Albon's yeah. going to cut across him. Yeah. Just, it's again with Stroll. It, it's like watching Bottas when he, you know, back. It's always that clip yeah. of Baku a couple of years ago. The lack of where he loses craft. like eight places. Stroll is the quintessential lack of racecraft still in Formula One, and but I still like... wonder, Jamie with the butterfly effect, how different this season could have gone for Aston Martin had Stroll actually destroyed Alonso in Bahrain. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone's forgot about that. And but that Martin, could have completely upset the front, everything. The front wheels on the Aston Martin are made of, like, steel, I'm sure. Because the amount of times that Stroll... Like, Stroll should have got bad damage from Albon at the start. And his, his front axle, they've just reinforced it because it's Stroll driving. <laughs> and it's like, you've got front. Bottas, who is, like, quintessential lack of racecraft because he's super cautious and just awful. You've got Stroll, who's just lack of racecraft because he just doesn't think things through. Because he's racing with his eyes closed, yeah. I'm pretty certain. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. But a lot of uh, problems in the lower, like outside the top 10. But uh, it settled down at the front. And yeah, the, the first main bit of action was, like we said, Ocon was kind of being a train uh, with Science right behind him. And Science trying to overtake anyone on any track is quite entertaining, especially at a track where you can't really pass. And lo and behold lap 11 came around the team gives science the hurry up and then one corner later science just like crashed into the back of uh, Ocon for no real reason and it, the gap was never there he was never sending it from that far back no um, no but Ocon did move across him apparently it was the fact Ocon was going completely yeah. straight and it was science aimed for him yeah and science was trying to send it from like a solid 15 meters difference probably and it was just never going to happen got a bit of damage he bailed out the corner um, and somehow got away without being told to pit by the FIA, which I feel for Kevin Magnussen every time that someone gets away with a meatball flag or without a meatball flag, because the amount of times last season that Magnussen got told to pit for damage, and it seems to be nobody else that gets it. No, no, and I mean, yeah, Science obviously took that chunk off the front wing. It then did fall off pretty quickly, to be fair, so he was yeah. a bit lucky in that <laughs> regard. Um, because of course, if he hadn't, I think he would have been meatballed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Magnussen always quintessential damage the front wing, but it all stays hanging off the car rather than just falling off. Yeah. Um, but what made me chuckle about that, of course, is yeah, Science obviously lost that end plate, never replaced it throughout the rest yeah. of the afternoon. And his pace never is got quite sorted. It, it made no difference, did it really? Because yeah. of course, he was stuck looking at the back of an Alpine all yeah. afternoon. It was right, like Leclerc at Silverstone last year was a similar. He lost his front wing. I lost the end plate at turn four of the race, and then just never bothered replacing it, <laughs> which yeah, was uh, pretty incredible. But maybe Ferraris and front wings just don't do very much. So. No, it wouldn't surprise me if their base is just planks of wood. 
to yeah. be honest. But there we are. Uh, I mean, we did, yeah, Jamie, we actually saw some overtakes. A lot of them early on were just bullying Logan Sargent, to be fair. Yeah. After, I think, was it Magnuson? Who got, Hulkenberg got past him. No, Magnuson got past first into... Magnuson got past first. Into Mirabeau. Into Mirabeau. Very good move, actually. And uh, then Stroll and Perez, Perez got Stroll and Perez got, both got past him, didn't they? Yeah. So he lost three cast. places in a lap, which is quite impressive when it's not lap one. Yes. And then uh, Joe tried to overtake him and just didn't bother and just didn't bother with turn one either, which was quite weird. That like, lost him a place to Hulkenberg and then Hulkenberg got past Sergeant as well. And then he pitted and just gave up basically from that point onwards. Well, um, Williams basically used the rest of the afternoon then as a test session for him to learn about tyre graining. Yeah, yeah. So Albon also was lacking pace a lot, a little bit higher in the midfield, uh, and got absolutely done by Bottas at the hairpin, which was a great move for Valtteri after he just slated his other racecraft. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, always the way. Yeah, yeah. Bottas, I think it was for 12th place or 13th place or something. Uh, really good move. And we actually, that's, what, five overtakes in dry conditions at Monaco. Ignore the fact they're all on a Williams. <laughs> overtakes yeah. or overtakes you yeah, gotta do take, what you gotta we do we take what we get <laughs> I mean Williams just stat pad the overtakes wards don't they I reckon the crypto.com overtaker of the year should remove all overtakes done on the Williams yeah potentially it's the only way to keep it fair <laughs> um, but I mean already it wasn't long before Max was lapping Checo was it <laughs> no because he was just stuck in yeah. this train yeah so Perez was still running what third last or so pretty um, much so Verstappen was lapping him by about lap 20 or something daft like that, which is just never good when it's the ma- your main championship rival laps you that early into a race. Well, only championship rival, yeah. isn't it, for Max? <laughs> yeah, arguably. Although I saw Alonso making comments that he thinks he can win the championship. So yeah, but maybe Alonso, just... it's because he's actually going up against a non-fraudulent Red Bull driver. He'll learn quickly. <laughs> the fans are in the mud this episode. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah. But, I mean, you've got on the notes here, Perez is an idiot on Stroll while Max yeah, lapping him. Yeah, so that. he just dived him, didn't he? Well, Verstappen um, lapped Stroll around the outside of Novel Chicane entry, and Perez tried to follow him through, and then just got, like, drove into the side of Stroll, and then didn't give the place back. <laughs> it was no. like, what are you doing? But, um, yeah, it was fairly dumb uh, from Perez trying to take advantage. To be fair, Stroll did cut right across him. When he saw Perez trying to go for a move around the outside. But the gap was never there. It was The gap was there when Perez mm. went for it. Stroll went right into a left hander. It was complete stroll. Oh my, there's a car there, what do I do? Just punch yeah, that away. Just drive into him. But then Perez weaving on him on the second bit, on the straight down to the back was very strange because obviously you're gonna have to get that place back. So Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. Perez was just It fed wasn't up a great race for point. either of those two, was it? No, I mean they're both on fraud watch this weekend, I think. <laughs> Um, and then, I, I mean, would it be a race weekend without Ferrari messing up the strategy? Yeah, well, I don't think it would be. And Science was the victim this time because um, it was rain was imminent, and Science was on hard tires, I believe. Um, and for some weird reason, they pit him against his wishes and pit him for medium tires, extremely close to the rain. And it was obvious at this point everyone's kind of just trying to stay out as long as possible to get to the rain. Um, I think you had a few, you had the the Alpines and the Mercs uh, were doing that and doing it quite effectively. And science, well, was, Hamilton pit. No, Hamilton pit, didn't he? But so science yeah. hadn't pit yet and was kind of like would have gained quite a lot on the likes of Hamilton and anyone else who pitted. I think Gasly had too. And yeah, just for some reason they pit him 
maybe five laps from the rain and the hard tires obviously could have done that distance but yeah and he got annoyed he was like this is exactly what we told you didn't want to do it was quite a fiery radio message uh, <laughs> but unfortunate for science because he did have good pace it's just every like five laps he would just make a mistake all weekend and he kept spending all weekend looking at the back of an alpine going too yeah. slowly was the problem um yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is, of course, you know, the the range rolling down the French Riviera towards Monaco. None of us really know uh, if it's going to fall on the circuit or not. Uh, and I think the last thing that happened before the rain, wasn't it, was Perez just decided that even more bumper cars by Checo. He's just going to drive it. No, it was, was it Magnussen or it was, was it Hulkenberg? He thought, Perez yeah. thought it was Hulkenberg, but it was actually yeah. Magnussen. Uh, to be <laughs> fair, yeah, Magnussen got a little bit loose going into the new Welsh chicane, so obviously he was slow on exit. Perez just thought, hey, I'll punt you, see what happens. Yeah, uh, which was quite funny. And lost another and, front wing. <laughs> and lost another front wing. And then, of course, the rain arrives. And boy, did it rain in one part of the circuit. Oh, yes. And it was mad, really, the amount of rain that was falling at Mirabeau um, at the start. And then it was kind of just that section of track for a few laps. So the rest of the track would have been, like, absolutely fine. Obviously, Inters would have really struggled at the rest of the track. And when it's only two corners, you can kind of get away with dry tyres as long as you don't fall off the road at those two corners. Um, and a lot of drivers did try and fall off the road. But before that, we had uh, Sainz trying to pass Ocon into Novash Kane again and messing up again. But this time didn't get any damage. He just went, he cut the chicane and had to get the place back. Uh, all in the meanwhile, you had about six cars a lap down trying to get out of the way of them, which was quite entertaining. Um and yeah, a couple of laps later, <coughs> the rain had spread to the most of Sector 1 and then eventually to the pit lane. Uh, and lap 55, you had both Mercedes and both Alpines pitting for intermediates. Uh, Ocon got quite a slow stop, which would have left him, well, it did leave him behind Russell temporarily. Um, and yeah, could have let the Ferraris get the jump on him as well. Um, but the, the top four, which was Verstappen, Alonso and both Ferraris were still on their medium tyres. Uh, yeah, and that was the kind of the big talking point, wasn't it? La- the same lap that these four cars pit for uh, Inters, Aston Martin pit Alonso for drives. They which... threw away a race win. They threw away potentially a race win. I don't know if they would have won or not. I've they seen threw opinions. away a race win. Yeah, but by pitting for mediums, they threw away any hopes they had. And Alonso all weekend has been chatting. This is our one opportunity, you know, you got to take advantage of these strange racetracks where anything can happen. If they put Alonso for Inters at the same time as the Alpines and Mercedes, which Alonso was, what, second place? Yeah. Uh, by about, what, eight or seven or eight seconds, I think it was. You have a lap where Verstappen is sliding about everywhere. He actually hit the wall at Portier, um, but got away with it. And Alonso can just light up the timing screens on intermediates. And because you already had other cars further back yeah. doing that, you'd yeah, already including, seen Bottas making his teammates. moves. Yeah, um, and it would have been close, but I think he may he probably would have taken the lead, and it would he been, would have. Yeah. By the time been... they both pit for intermediates, the gap was down to fifteen seconds. Yeah. You lose more than that from a pit stop. Yeah, yeah. So Max got away with it a little bit, but a little bit completely. Well. <laughs> he still drove very well all weekend oh absolutely um, but Alonso should have taken the lead really there and it would have been a bit of a Mansell Senna uh, what 92 was it when yep. Mansell was chasing Senna for the win in yep. the OP Williams uh, but yes unfortunately for our Alonso fans and Formula 1 generally uh, 
it wasn't to be. And Aston Martin probably played it a bit too safe. What well, definitely did. And left Alonso in second place after the pit stops. Because he literally pit lap 55 for mediums and lap 56 for inters. So, yeah, it was a shame. But it was like, yeah, I don't mind because Max won and Alonso still did very well. <laughs> yeah, but it would have been good to see it someone nice some Red Bull yeah. winning, wouldn't it? I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's be fair. I mean, from here, just all hell broke loose, didn't it? For about the next <laughs> 10 laps as the track got wetter and wetter. Uh, we saw Sainz trying to do his best Tokyo drift down into Mirabeau. Um, obviously, still on the dry tyres, Ferrari just having to tiptoe back round to the pit lane. Russell throwing a podium away. Um, he obviously just bottled it again. He, I think it was Stroll had gone down the escape road, hadn't he? Yeah, uh, and somebody Russell else just tried to go and say hello to him. Uh, and then rejoined right into Perez as well. So you've got that brilliant shot now of an Aston Martin reversing out of the skate road with George Russell up in the air after Perez has hit him. Somehow didn't break either of those cars. Um, yeah, that's about the Perez, fifth car that Perez has gone into the back of. Was that Perez's third front wing of the day? I, no, he don't think he picked up front wing damage from oh, that wow. one. I think he got away with it, yeah. Wow, um, impressive. But yeah, Russell absolutely bottled that one. A big potential to jump Lewis in the Grand Prix. Um, Stroll, I mean, what was Stroll doing again? He continued to be on Thrall Watch right until the bitter end. Binned it twice in two corners, went yeah. straight on down at the hairpin, and then went straight on in lower Mirabeau as well. Uh, and obviously he was then the first retirement of the day, thanks to that. Uh, and then Perez managed to crash again. Yeah, that was his third front wing of the day. That uh, was, yeah. <laughs> and then they put him on full wets and that ruined him. Yeah. But I say ruined him, it didn't do it was, much worse. It, yeah, he couldn't really ruin what already didn't exist. Um, any chances of anything happening that race. So, yeah, Perez, he did finish the race, but he finished it two laps down to Verstappen. So, <laughs> never the best nightmare. for your championship rival to be lapping you twice in a race. And your teammate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And then Logan Sargent just also retired. I'm not sure why. He just stopped at the hairpin. <laughs> Gave up, I think. Yeah. Just a bit uh, bored of this, to be honest. Lost the will to drive. Um, and then it did settle down a little bit. The rain stopped and it was just kind of drying up. And you had Verstappen leading from Alonso and uh, Esteban Ocon. Still running third, but only because of the Ferraris completely botching their strategy and Russell going down the escape road because that slow stop really yeah. would have screwed him. It probably would have left him sixth, I think, or maybe fifth. But, yes, yeah. yeah. He would have been behind uh, Russell at least. Yeah. <laughs> there towards the end. And I mean, really, the only last thing that kind of happened late on in the day was, of course, poor Yuki Sonoda, bless him, yeah. having a load of brake issues, uh, which meant, obviously, he dropped from what would have been a season-best ninth, consistency king or what, yeah. uh, down to, I think it was like P13 in the end, wasn't it, after he's finished 10th or 11th in every Grand Prix so far. Um, which, which made me laugh, of course, the fact that quite clearly he's struggling, the brakes aren't working anymore, and the team were telling him to brake later into the corners. Yeah. And I think if the team had told me that, I would have said exactly the same thing. Are you just trying to get me to crash? Yeah. 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 Very unfortunate for Sonoda, but um, probably would have finished ninth without those issues, but sadly for him, no points. Uh, but it did raise both McLaren's Norris ahead of Piastri into ninth and tenth to round out the points finishes. Yeah, yeah, no, they did very, very well. I mean, there was quite a period towards the end, wasn't it, where Piastri and Lando were actually two of the fastest cars on track in the intermediate. So yeah. clearly McLaren need wet go-kart circuits to have the yeah. best Formula 1 car, <laughs> apparently. But yeah, of course, that then meant Max Verstappen, second win around the Principality uh, here in Monaco, ahead of Fernando Alonso. And yep, Esteban Ocon, first Frenchman on the podium since Olivier Panis 
back in 1996 there. Hamilton missed out on tying the record for most podiums with Ayrton Senna around the venue, but he still beat out George Russell, who, of course, uh, told the team to let him pass Hamilton, uh, and then Hamilton dumped 15 seconds on him uh, before the <laughs> end of the race. Um, Leclerc, Gasly, Sainz, Norris, Piastri, rounding out our top 10 there with Bottas, Jafri, Zhou Albon, Sonoda, Hulkenberg, Perez, and Sargent. Yes, with a few retirements, uh, just Magnussen and Stroll, I believe. Yeah, yeah. not the uh, not the best race for the the lower, well, bottom five all had a bit of a nightmare, really, didn't they? But uh, yeah, that brings us nicely actually onto our quiz, which you just mentioned, Arcon's podium finish. Okay, uh, that raises Arcon onto three podiums in Formula One, okay. alongside two other drivers in Formula One currently are on three podiums too. Uh, can you name this isn't the quiz but can you name them if not i'll tell you is it pierre gasly yes and is it russell no or does he have more than that he's no. more than that it's uh lance stroll is the other one on three ah, of course in uh, the second best car <laughs> yeah um so all you have to do is all of their podium finishes some of them are crossovers which is a bit complicated but eight other drivers have been on a podium with either with those Ocon, Gasly, or Lance Stroll. Okay. You've got a minute to name all eight of them. Daniel Ricciardo. starts now. Yes. Daniel Ricciardo, Valtteri Bottas. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, Ocon and Stroll have been on the podium together. Sergio Perez. Yep. Alex Albon. No. No. Um, Max Verstappen. Yep. Hamilton. Yep. Um... Sainz. Yep. And... Two, two more. Two more? I thought... Uh, Leclerc? No. No. Um, I said Bottas, didn't I already? Yep, yep. Uh, Sebastian Vettel? Yes. And... Oh, I'm trying to think which other podium I'm forgetting. <laughs> It'll be funny if you don't get this. <laughs> It'll be funny if I don't get this. Oh, dearie me. I've said Max, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ten seconds. Oh, why is this so funny if I don't get this? I Who said Hamilton. with Esteban Ocon? Oh, Lance Stroll. No. no. Um, All right, your time's up. Sainz. <laughs> no. Lando. Ricardo. Uh, Fernando Alonso has shared a podium with Esteban Ocon. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the one you missed. But you did well. Oh, I forgot about him. He's a but, full yeah. club, so I don't care. <laughs> there you go. It was, there's less oh. drivers than you expect, because obviously they have finished on the podium with each other quite a bit. But yes, yeah, exactly. That's what go. threw me off. Seven out of eight, so not bad. I'll take that, to be fair. I will absolutely take that. Um, Jamie, driver yes. of the day from the driver Monaco of the day. GP. I mean, annoyingly... Why probably, is it Lance Stroll? Why is it? <laughs> annoyingly, it probably has to be Estevan Ocon, even though I don't like him very much. So You've got to be up there, yeah, Annie. He did excellently. Probably driver of Saturday, arguably. Oh, absolutely. Um, that was easier than Sunday. Yeah. To be fair, driver of Sunday, since it is only one day that we drive the day is for. Probably Hamilton deserves a shout. He did well, didn't he, to raise up from... He did very well, because he almost got screwed over by the strategy. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Kept a level head. Well, Verstappen obviously did all he could and won the race, so... Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think you can really say Verstappen had a bad race, did he? Kept no. it. I mean, let's be fair as well, that run on the mediums for 55 oh, laps... Yeah. Uh, was pretty damn astounding as well there. So yeah. Verstappen. But I think, yeah, Ocon, Ocon is probably has to be it. a fair driver of the day, really, <coughs> isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, predictions-wise, 
we, we can't remember what we said. <laughs> I think I might um, remember what we said. I think I got Verstappen on the podium, but no, the you wrong... didn't put Verstappen on the podium. Did I not put Verstappen? I didn't put Verstappen <laughs> on the podium. Did I? I did see Alonso though on the podium. Yeah, you had. So I got one point you there. Had, what Perez, Leclerc, Alonso. I think. So I got one point this weekend. Yes, because you put Perez uh, you, on pole as well. You I got put more Verstappen that. pole. That's two yep. points. Verstappen win. Yep. That's two points. Yeah, yeah. I then had Leclerc second, Alonso third. Unfortunately, so only five points in total. So that puts you on twenty-two, and I'm on fifteen. Yes. So uh, which is which is not great. Much like which last season, great. I've got a lead, which is nice. You have, and just like Checo's chances, I've gone and. Um, threw it away at threw myself at Monaco. Are you updating the points now? Are you? I am. There you go. Wonderful, because I was just about to. <laughs> um, and I mean, Jamie, race rating. What are we saying? I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it was. It, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? It seems like people are slating it because it was Monaco still. It's probably yeah, the best a, race of the season, unironically. It genuinely probably has been the best race of the year so far. I'm I'm going to give it an eight point five. Wow. I don't know if I go that high because it. It was mental, oh, especially for, like... for the fact it's Monaco. Yeah, but it was mental for about ten laps. Hey, most Formula One races only are. Yeah, true. I'll give it a seven. A seven? Well, if you consider there was like, like twenty overtakes at but Monaco, if you look at like if you look at like Silverstone last year, that's what I'm thinking. Like a nine or a ten is. Well, Silverstone last year is a ten. Yeah, potentially. I'll give it a seven and a half. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Half. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm sticking with my eight and a half. Um, but there we go then. I think I think we've done everything, haven't we, Jamie? Of course, we'll be, yeah. we'll be back later on in the week uh, with the Barcelona preview. Wow, what a, what uh, a treat we've got coming up! At yeah, exactly, that'll be that'll be a good one. Um, but thank you all so much as always for watching slash listening. If if you have enjoyed, please do make sure you leave a like, get yourself subscribed, hit us up on all the various platforms uh, that we linked down in the description below at Knowing Wheel, pretty much everywhere uh, you can ever think of in this day and age. But Jamie, as always, it's been a pleasure and we will return, like we said, later on in the week then with more Knowing Wheel. <laughs>